On this week's show, join host John McElroy and a panel of automotive experts as they tackle the still sputtering Volkswagen Dieselgate drama. Coming up next on AutoLine This Week. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. Want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week, where the discussion's all going to be about Volkswagen's diesel emissions scandal. I know you've heard a lot, but there's still more to come, and I've got three experts here to talk about it today, including Lisa Whalen, the vice president for the automotive practice at the consulting firm of Frost and Sullivan, Jason Vines, an author, has written a number of books. He's also a former public relations executive. We're going to get into some of that in the discussion today, too. Todd Turner is a consultant with Car Concepts, knows a whole lot about what's going on in this industry. Great having all three of you here for AutoLine this week. Thank you. Pleasure. Lisa, let me start out with you. Uh, We know about the scandal. It broke last September of 2015. But it seems to me that Volkswagen is getting into more and more trouble. It doesn't look to me like this thing is going away at any time. We keep learning more details. If you were advising Volkswagen as a client right now, what would be some of the things that would be at the top of the list of what you would advise them to do? Yeah, well, it's interesting that Volkswagen is just the the most recent automotive OEM that's sitting in the hot seat of a scandal, right? We just dealt with GM with Ignition Gate. Prior to that, it was Toyota and then Hyundai and, of course, Ford in in the, the more distant past. But in terms of how to handle it and how to get out of it quickly, as quickly as possible, the nice thing is that consumers are fickle and forgetful. They do move beyond if you can handle a Chrysler effectively. The issue that we see with Volkswagen at this point is they're not, they don't seem to be coming clean as quickly as they need to be. They don't seem to be as contrite, possibly, as they should be. And they really need to get on top of that. They need to be apologetic, and they need to be very open about the fact that, hey, we messed up, we want to get to the bottom of this, and we want to change moving forward and make it better. Todd, I agree with what Lisa's saying there. Volkswagen doesn't seem to be cooperative with the U.S. EPA, the California Air Resources Board, or even the Department of Justice. Uh, How do you read the way that they're handling this? I think they're stonewalling all the way along, and I think somehow they believe that by stonewalling, they're going to get through this thing. They somehow seem to think that the the public's just going to move on on its own, that this thing will just become over, uh, over, overwhelmed by another crisis or something else that attracts everyone's attention, they don't seem to understand that the EPA, DOJ, CARB are not going away. They're not just going to forget this thing and move on. And uh, the exposure that they have, this, this continuing to erode their brand every day that it goes on because people aren't trusting them. Jason, you've got a lot of experience in crisis management. You were the head of Ford Public Relations at the time when the the whole Explorer Firestone fiasco blew up. You've got you've even written books on how to to manage a crisis from a public relations standpoint. How do you evaluate where Volkswagen is and again what would you advise them on what to do? We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> this is bringing out prejudice against the Germans because these guys and gals at Volkswagen are handling this so badly. I can't believe they've muffed this so bad. Their cheating is not going to kill anyone. This is not an ignition switch at General Motors or a bad Firestone tire or a Takata bad airbag. This is just cheating on emissions. 
and yet it, it'll probably end up being the biggest crisis in the history of the auto industry and the most costly. Very much the most because costly. Because of the way they've handled yeah, because it. Because of the way yeah. they've handled it. So what would you advise them? I, I, I'm Volkswagen now. I've just hired Jason Vines. What do I do? Oh, by the way, I, I'd like to do that for yeah. a few million. <laughs> um, come clean. I mean, I don't know what their mentality is. I, I, the, the way they've l made this last so long is just m blowing my mind right now. Because as I say, no one's going to die from their emission scandal. Well, that's may not entirely true. There are eh, uh, air pollution causes are. premature deaths, and there's yes, no question that they're putting that, out but, more but pollution. But when, it, when you have a big global planet for all this stuff to evaporate into, I don't think anyone can tie a death to these guys as opposed to a car that goes out of control or an airbag that blows apart. Not as directly, sir. Right. So why don't you get in front of this, handle the customers? Uh, blowing my mind right now. I, I have no explanation for what they're doing. Anybody else got an explanation? Why do you think that Volkswagen is not, not coming clean? I, I think that, again, they are determined. Number one, I don't think that they perceive that they did anything wrong. And that's something that is probably cultural, that is something that they just simply don't want to admit. But when you say cultural, I'm, I'm assuming you don't mean German cultural. I think you might mean Volkswagen's culture. Uh, it's Volkswagen, but there is also some German uh, ideology and culture in, in that as well. There's a lot of pride involved, in, especially when it's a technical discussion. But, you know, certainly if you look at Mercedes-Benz and BMW, it doesn't look like they've cheated at all. Well, they didn't cheat, and, the, and Mercedes used the exact same technology, and the technology that Volkswagen used works if it's properly calibrated. And, it, and what Volkswagen did with this situation was they wanted to have performance and fuel economy as one of their primary targets. To accomplish that, they had to turn off the system. So that's what they did. They turned on the system when it's being tested and they turned it off when it's not being tested. So their point of, my, their point of reference was that they satisfied the customer and they satisfied the EPA. The reality is, is now they're pissing both of them off. Yeah. That's right. They seem to be really disconnected with the American culture and really what needs to happen in terms of dealing with the government agencies as well as the consumer. What do you think that they're missing here, Lisa, in terms of dealing with the American regulatory agencies and the Department of Justice? Well, they shouldn't have denied it for the several months that they denied it leading up to the fact. And it's interesting. It's, it's like peeling back the layers of the onion in terms of getting to the truth, right? Okay, first of all, oh, we didn't do it. And then, okay, well, it's just these certain size engines. Okay, that's it. Okay, oh, well, okay, now it's some, the three liter TDI diesels. Okay, some gasoline is affected. Oh, oh, so that means Audi and Porsche. So it's, just, it's like, you know, peeling back the layers and instead of being really contrite and upfront about the way they handled it. Well, the same thing is happening with who's involved. Every day they say it's just, uh, originally it was, you know, it's a couple of rogue engineers. Yeah. Now we're finding out, what did we find out yesterday in a uh, uh, Bloomberg report that, uh, Martin Wintercorn knew as early as April 2014. That's right. It, it's interesting when you compare it to how GM handled it in the recent past, right? Mary Barra came and she, she said, you know, we are shocked. We are chagrined. We don't know what happened. We will get to the bottom of this. We will investigate. But rather than saying, we know for sure this didn't happen, or, you know, to try to deny before you actually know all, all of the facts, I think is a mistake to make. So I that's thought, what you mean, I, Lisa, is uh, Mary, General Motors or Mary Barra came clean, and you're, you're not seeing that from Volkswagen. Well, they oh. came clean, but, but I think they, they also admitted that we don't know what we don't know yet. We don't know the extent of what happened, you know, like when you talk about the rogue engineers. Well, t to make a statement of that as fact, and then as you investigate, you realize, oh, maybe it's much worse than you said it was. It really harms your credibility. I think you're getting, I, I'm a big fan of Mary Barra. But GM didn't come clean initially. No, they didn't. Uh, someone or someone's knew about this. 
and they did nothing for those for customers. years you're talking about yes, absolutely yeah. but they kept it buried in the company and they kept it buried because there was a culture of don't put your head up and get nailed. they tried to obfuscate as well yes. because they had a part number that was replacing that's a right. defective part that's, that didn't change the part number see that's the cover up. but it, but isn't part of the difference and i'm asking you guys i'm just asking here this is rhetorical uh it's one thing if uh, the people at the top of general motors discover that something bad's happened and don't say anything about it yeah, I don't versus they discover something bad has happened in the company and they go, hey, we got to get to the bottom of this and, well, screwed, and deal with it. GM screwed up because they, they didn't handle the problem right. They handled it going forward but not backwards. And these vehicles are driven by young people who are the crappiest drivers. And so a lot of lives were lost. They blew it. That's a horrible scandal. I think it's worse than the Firestone Tire crisis, to be honest, because... GM somebody knew. This one, no, this one's different, Volkswagen. The Volkswagen it, might It's think. just cheaters. You know, I talked to Bob Lutz this morning. I used to work with Bob. And Bob was the guru at, at General Motors at the time going, he couldn't figure out how Volkswagen was hitting these emission standards. He goes, do, I, do we have all the stupid people here at GM and all the smart people are over in Germany? No, now we find out why, because they were cheating. And so in some respects, it's, it's, a, it's a much more sinister scandal. Yeah, because uh, there was there was an outright attempt to deceive, mm -hmm. and and that's the problem they're stuck with now. And that's the, they keep going forward. They continue to attempt to deceive. It's yeah. it, it, they're still not talking about. They still haven't haven't come up with this. Oh my God, I'm shocked. This happened on our watch, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. They're they're lawyering, lawyering up. I mean, when when a detective does an investigation, and someone lawyers up, the very first thing the detective knows is they've got the right person. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so, and, and I see I'm seeing Volkswagen in this situation. They've hired some of the most expensive law firms in the country to defend them in this case. Jones Day is doing the investigation for the internal investigation. They hired the law firm that handled the Deepwater Horizon. Right. Uh, you know, so they're 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 building their case as though they're trying as though they are a defendant when they need to be yeah. taking control of the situation and being a collaborator in coming to a solution and a remediated settlement with everyone. You're right. It's it's almost like being passive in your defense, right? You're just you're going to you're going to hire the experts to kind of go out there and take care of it rather than you yourself being on the front line making the first messaging to the customers and saying, "Hey, we really want to fix this," not just to the government agencies, but speaking to the American customer. Absolutely. It's customer how the how dealers. It's going to cost them. Uh, we think, well, we started I, I at the it. 25 to 40 billion. Now we're looking at 75 and up. Wow. Billion. 75 billion. Actually, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and All the so lawsuits. What, what makes up those numbers? I mean, what? Litigation. Fines, yeah. obviously. Well, fines can just go so far. I think fines could get up to 20 some billion. 40 billion. 40? Okay. It's, it's in the court of law where they're going to get nailed. And they're losing market share like crazy. And there could be criminal charges. And they're going to have their dealers start suing them. They already right. have. Yeah. yeah, they've got stock sitting there they can't yeah. sell, right? It's I mean, just, it's expensive. It's rotting on the vine. Yeah. $70 billion is a staggering number. You know, when I think back to Ford, they had a horrible problem, you know, with the Explorer. But Ford came back from that. GM came back from uh, the ignition switch. Toyota came back from its problems with quality and alleged unintended acceleration. None of them faced a, a cost like this. Can, can a company like Volkswagen even survive if it's got to cough up $70 billion? That's double its market cap. 
Well, they, they, they can survive, absolutely. And, and that's one of the thing that, things that VW has in its favor, right? It's culture. Like, if they say they will do it, they will do it. And that's what we, we saw with Vision 2018. And, and now Mueller's got this great opportunity right now, right, to lay out Vision 2025. They have an opportunity to really look at the company, revamp it, revamp the strategy, and, and, and they can certainly what get is it going to happen? And, of course, you're referring to Matthias Mueller, the new CEO of Volkswagen, right. who, when he was in Detroit for the auto show in January, told National Public Radio that Volkswagen never lied and that this was merely a technical misunderstanding of the American law. I mean, you guys are all saying they're, they're in denial. To me, that statement really drives home the fact that they're in denial. That smacks of denial, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, and that's why he won't be the CEO. In a few not years. much longer. Not much longer. Really? You guys are predicting that he oh, will not oh, survive? He'll go. He'll go. Not qualified. Yeah, um, he's... And then when he went down the, this path of saying, oh, we know nothing... We didn't lie. That uh, cemented his his uh, his yeah, he's job done. loss. Okay, he he's been criticized uh, because not just for this thing, but because he sort of represents the old regime under which all this cheating took place. Anyway, what would it take for U.S. regulators, the Department of Justice, the public, the buyers, the dealers to believe that something's really changing at Volkswagen? CARB and EPA, and by the way, CARB is going to kind of direct the the remediation that EPA accepts. And the reason so CARB is in control of getting the cars. I fixed, wouldn't so say control, but what EPA is doing, EPA is of the attitude that CARB is going to be tougher on Volkswagen than they would be, and EPA likes that idea at this point. So um, I, that's why I say CARB is going is going to drive the ship. So waiting for that to happen and what's going to happen there is is up to Volkswagen at this point. CARB is looking for a solution that takes place almost immediately, that has 100% coverage of the vehicles affected, and that everyone buys into, customers, dealers, EPA, DOJ, everyone. And Volkswagen continues to offer remedies that are like nickel antis. It's like, we'll raise the pot, we'll raise the pot, we'll raise the pot. And CARB sitting back like this, waiting for the real remediation to show up. And Volkswagen is asking, why don't they just tell us what they want us to do? That's not their job. Their job is for you to come up with a solution that they will accept. And that is what Volkswagen doesn't seem to understand in this, in this whole fiasco, is that CARB knows what they want. And in broad terms, CARB has told Volkswagen what they want, because they want 100% completion. I think it's amazing that they were geniuses enough to figure out how to cheat. And they can't get through this. And they can't, yeah. <laughs> but now they're so stupid right now. It just, it's just mind-boggling. So what would you do uh, in terms of, you're predicting that Mueller is going to have to step down? Like, who do you think, or what kind of person should be in his place? Uh, that's, you know, I don't know what the landscape is out there. I, if, if I was uh, head of the board, I'd hire Dieter Zetsche to save Volkswagen. We need diversity. Volkswagen, Volkswagen needs, needs diversity. diversity. You know, it's interesting that the, the board head of HR <laughs> retired at the end of 2015, right? This was a great opportunity to make a massive gesture with respect to human resources and really wanting to change the corporate culture and the like. They need to shake up the diversity within that company. I mean, let's start with getting an American region head and a, a Chinese regional head, you know, in chi both in China and, and in the United States. We really, really need to get broader perspectives within Even that. Even all the sure. new people that they brought in to replace the people that have been shuffled out 
are still of the same, same regime. I, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just amazing here how, how myopic this organization is. It's xenophobic almost. Yeah, absolutely. And women. It, it's interesting that Mueller said we want more women in VW. In fact, when you look at the board percentage of women, it's the lowest um, compared to the other Germans. It's like 15% versus 25%. So he's saying the right things, but let's see some, some true actions. So you would have loved to have seen a woman in particular come in and take over human resources at Volkswagen. I'm waiting for their call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would agree. I, I think the lack of diversity at Volkswagen has caused a lot of their decision making in this process that they simply aren't looking at it in a global perspective. The Germans don't understand our legal system. They don't understand But you what, can hire people who do understand. Yeah, but they don't want to listen to them. It doesn't matter if you hire all of those people if you won't listen to them. Mm -hmm. And I, they, uh, this may not be the appropriate thing to say, but some of my very best friends are German, and I was staying with them in Dachau when this story broke, watching the, the story break on the news. These very same friends of mine that are German one time gave me a bumper sticker to put on my car. The bumper sticker says, you can always tell a German, but you can't tell him much. <laughs> and, and Germans gave you this. And they gave me this, <laughs> this thing, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, he's, he's very diverse. They're very diverse thinking. This is a man that, that, that thinks that the best thing that ever happened to Germany in the history of Germany was the Marshall Plan. So they're very, they're very outwardly thinking. And that's not typical, and that's, that's kind of, I think, what is wrong here, is that they're not looking at this from the way that we perceive it. They don't understand that every single person that owns one of these cars, uh, I own a Volkswagen. Have you ever done any research on Volkswagen Absolutely. for this project? So whenever you pull up any news story now or anything on the Internet, half the banner ads you get are from lawyers trying to get you to sign up for their for their litigation. Mm -hmm. The fact is, he talked about the Marshall Plan. It brought up World War II again. That was so far past us. But this attitude of Volkswagen has rekindled that notion of remember what and, happened. See, I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is not a reflection on Germany, but it is definitely a reflection on Volkswagen and its uh, management uh, style and management culture. And the reason I bring this up is one of the things that shocked me to learn is that in Germany, there's been discussions that this is all an American plot. It's a plot to tear down an iconic German company. It's a plot to tear down the Made in Germany brand so that the American tech companies can rule the world. This is being talked about at the highest levels of German government. This is talked about uh, in business circles. I even had uh, the chairman of a very large German automotive supplier company tell me the whole story because he believed in it, and that was very shocking. Is to this me. a vast right-wing major uh, well, conspiracy? Well, <laughs> well, but that's xenophobia again. I mean, you say it's not Germany, but when you when you talk about this being spread throughout the business culture in such a way, this attitude that they are somehow the victims of this of this horrible uh, attack. Well, I don't think anybody, uh, everybody in Germany believes that. I think a lot of Germans are, are really disgusted by they're what They're very Volkswagen disgusted did. by that. But the, but the upper levels of business management, that's not what they're saying. They're not, they're, they're not talking about that disgust. They're talking about how our government is victimizing them because they're, they're, they're German. When they're the ones who cheated and they're the ones who rigged the tests, right? It's not like the EPA or CARB rigged the tests, right? No. To try to show that they were wrong. 
In well, fact, I think EPA and CARB are being very patient. The, absolutely. The thinking for the people who believe in this conspiracy is, as you guys all know, if you go back a little over a decade ago, the top diesel engine manufacturers in the United States for heavy trucks were caught cheating on diesel emissions. Right. right. And they were caught. Of course, they did come clean fairly quick on the whole thing. But nonetheless, in the people who believe this conspiracy theory in Germany are saying, well, wait a minute. You know, you caught these guys, they cheated, you find them, and you got on with the program. Because they handled it they correctly. Came clean. Right. They, they so, came clean, they owned up to it, they put out a fix, and it was fixed in less than 12 months. And you had a, it's been such an uphill climb for diesels in this country. You know, the environmentalists were against them, and we were finally making some headway, and I, I wonder if this is killing the future of diesels because of one company's behavior. I don't think it is because I've, I've tracked the, the diesel sales very tr you know, carefully since this whole scandal broke. And if you look at diesel sales at Mercedes-Benz and BMW, they're actually up right now. They're not down. And you know, if you, you lump Volkswagen into it all, and Porsche and Audi, which of course Volkswagen owns, yeah, then total diesel sales are down. But uh, Interestingly enough, if you look on the, the heavy pickup truck side, you know, with uh, like the Cummins diesel mm -hmm. that is in the Ram and uh, GM and Ford have their diesels, they're doing pretty good. Well, and the so, light duty diesels on that, on, in that business are even picking up dramatically. They are. So, so I, I, I'm not convinced yet that the scandal is going It didn't help diesel sales. It didn't help sales. at all. It, no, didn't it help set them. it back. It definitely, because it was on a trajectory, I think, to have, have significant market, uh, market share in this country mm -hmm. within the next uh, five or ten years. But it set that back. No, it, it did set it back. I, I, I wholeheartedly uh, uh, agree with that. But it's, it's mainly been on the Volkswagen side. And you know what uh, a lot of people aren't aware of, maybe not in, out in the audience, but under U.S. emission regulations right now, and this has been true for a number of years, diesels have to be as clean as gasoline engines in, in all pollutants. So, and, and from a CO2 standpoint, which is they not have a, an advantage. It's not they, a pollutant. They're actually better yeah. than no, gasoline no, engines. It's not a pollutant. So, yeah, I, I, I'd hate to see diesels get X'd out as an alternative because they really can contribute. And we've all driven them. They're fun they're to drive. They're fun to drive. Yeah. The, the Sorry, torque, torque yeah. deliverability is fantastic. And well, that all being said, though, this does afford a great opportunity for electric and hybrid propulsion. Absolutely. We see Toyotas definitely standing to gain from this, you know, in terms of the consumers that want to go to alternate uh, propulsion and the fact that. CO2 emissions is still an issue, right? Somehow we need to get to the magic equation. So electric and hybrid is, is They're trying to make have. those fun to drive as well. And that's, that's yeah. been the downfall so far with those technologies is the people that, that like performance haven't been drawn to those vehicles. Yeah. In fact, the general public hasn't. I mean, uh, a lot of people like to blame cheap gasoline prices on the fact that hybrids, plug-ins, and EVs are actually seeing their sales decline. Uh, but I keep pointing out in other markets in the world, Europe notably, petrol is still very expensive, mm -hmm. diesel is still very expensive, and yet uh, we buy in the United States more EVs and plug-ins and hybrids than Europe does. Well, we had the early adopters, and I think the, the early adopter bubble has since been filled, and uh, now, now it's up to the market. We'll have to see what happens with that that industry going forward. I think the industry, I think those, those options have to change a lot to attract more buyers. But uh, I think the biggest mistake Volkswagen made, one of the biggest mistakes uh, in this thing was that they pulled the certification process for the 2016 um, Golfs and Jettas, the TDIs. And I don't know why they pulled the certification request from EPA 
And I think to a lot of people that indicated that they were worried they would find something there. And, well. and you're saying that because you feel that 2016 diesel engine would have easily met the emissions. It would have because it had the SCR. And so if it's tuned properly to consume the appropriate amount of SCR fluid, of DEF fluid, it, it would have passed. It would have worked because it works in everything else that's, that's out there. So uh, I, the smart thing would have been to have gotten those cars, cars certified, allocated on a global basis, as many as 460,000 of those cars brought them in the United States, told everyone that has a current car to just come in and take what they want. That would be a lot cheaper than 75 a lot plus cheaper. billion dollars. So you're saying <laughs> what Volkswagen should do is just say, come on over to the dealership and pick out a brand new car, and that would be cheaper than what they're actually going to go through. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, a yeah. lot cheaper, because it, oh, yeah. it, would, it would end the litigation entirely. Because the first thing you, that happens when you go to court is the judge asks you to show how you're damaged. If you say, well, they gave me a brand new car, he'll say, well, we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's mind-boggling that they, they can't see the trees for the forest right now. I've actually told them this, and they don't see it. So, Jason, uh, <laughs> we're getting down to the very end here. How long does this go on? How do you think it's As long as they, these morons want to keep it going on. I mean, this should have been way over by now. Uh, Certainly, a, a solution should be out there. And once again, I go In back progress. to the fact. They were smart enough to figure out how to cheat. Why can't they figure out a plan to fix it? Get this behind you before your company is destroyed globally. Because it, it certainly may be destroyed in this country. They think they can get off cheap. They're doing. Well, how about Ali Ropadope? They, and they're getting bad advice. I don't know who's giving them an advice, but whoever it is, it's really bad advice. <laughs> well, lawyers are good at keeping you out of jail. They're not particularly good at saving your brand. No. And their brand is being destroyed yeah. day by day. So you, you just said a key thing here, uh, Todd. You think this is more about protecting upper echelon executives from going to jail rather than solving the issue? I don't know why you lawyer up to the degree that they have. I mean, what is the motivation for that? It's not to, it's not to remediate the problem. To remediate the problem involves a conversation. Lawyers typically don't like to have conversations. And so... And that's what Volkswagen has to do. It, CARB and EPA, they want a conversation. You've, you're going to have to come to the table with those people and figure out a solution. And the lawyers are going to say, don't talk to anybody. What, well, Ford, what Ford did quick, in Fire, the Firestone end. Tire Crisis, they put the safety and satisfaction of their customer first. And this was a company that fired me, so I could be bitter. But they always put the customer first. Their, Volkswagen's put the customer last. Well, Very we're going to have to... Keep a close eye on this. I know we're all going to watch it assiduously. I hope that you do, too, because this is a fascinating, fascinating issue going on in the automotive industry. We're going to have to wrap it up. Lisa Whalen with Frost & Sullivan. Jason Vines, author and former public relations executive. Todd Turner with Car Concepts. I want to thank you all for having come on AutoLine this week. Fascinating Pleasure. discussion. Pleasure. Hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did.